0: God, amen. So today we're going to talk about the return of the zeal of the Lord, the return of the zeal of the Lord, amen. So we we know that uh, there are um, stirrings in the realm of the spirit, and and God's spirit gets stirred uh, to. accomplish his will in the earth and he will move on the hearts of individuals to um, do certain things in preparation for the coming of the Lord. We know that John the Baptist preached repentance and people came uh, to him uh, repenting of their sins because they knew that the Messiah was soon to arrive and and God wants people to be prepared to receive, uh, the purpose of repentance is not so much to beat us up for what we do wrong, but it is to prepare us to receive. And and it, then in that sense, it's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Period. But so many people hang a negative uh, connotation on it because they it implies to them that they're wrong and that should never be something that we're ashamed of we should be happy when our, our shortcomings are revealed because we don't want them to be a stumbling block to us if we're holy people we take it the right way if your mind is not trained in holiness you'll always be offended you know um, people get offended about certain kinds of preaching and and all of that all of the word is good you know it's all profitable and and so We have to always humble ourselves to what God is doing so that we don't miss what he's doing. You don't want to miss anything in God. You don't want little simple things like that to be a snare to you. And so when we talk about the zeal of the Lord, it is a zeal for righteousness. It is a zeal for holiness. It is a zeal for the Lord's people to come back to him. You know we we love second chronicles seven fourteen, but you know if you put yourself in that you 'll see that it 's a humble place God wants to place us in and turn away from your wicked ways, all the stuff you 're doing to amuse yourself and to eat up time and to you know be frivolous on the earth we 're a holy people we 're a royal priesthood, He wants us to be about his business and he wants to keep us in a place where we are prepared to receive him Just prepare yourself to receive what God has for you. And so uh, in Numbers chapter 25, we have a story there. And and as a backdrop, I'm going to uh, define the word zeal for you because many times people think it just means to be driven or to be uh, excited about something or to be uh, hot for something, you know, in hot pursuit. But zeal really means to be of a fervent, mind to to have a certain level of um say admiration for God a certain level You know, people can be zealous for a lot of things we see uh, terrorists have a zeal they are of a fervent mind uh, to accomplish what they think they are here in the earth for God of course wants his people to have the same fervor there are some things that you are just not willing to compromise on there are some things you are just not willing to let go of because they are important as far as God is concerned So our fervor should always be for God, for his word, for his law, for carrying out the things of God and for keeping a mindset that is fixed. On God's word, fixed on His mind, fixed on what's right before God at all times, and so this never needs to slip away from us. Uh, it never needs to be lost to us. It must always be there. That that should be there to guide us and to help us to uh, stay on the right road before God. Uh, the word zeal uh, means uh, jealousy. It, it is a, a jealousy that God has. To protect his own, to protect us, to holiness, to protect us against the world's ways and the world's ideas and, and infiltrating into the things of God. It's, it's a um, uh, hovering over us to keep us unto himself. You know, and keeping us unto himself means keeping us unspotted from the world, keeping us from adopting the world's ideas, their their habits, their methods. All of that is, is the zeal that God's talking about. It also means to uh be envious or angry. Zealous people are angry when their standards are violated, when their laws are violated. When their sometimes traditions are violated, uh, zealous people defend and protect those things and those ideas. It means to be a jealous husband. God is a jealous husband. We are betrothed to him. And he is vowed to protect us. He is under a vow to himself. He has sworn to himself that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will not lose us. He will not let the enemy pluck us out of his hand. All of those things uh, God is jealous over us. Over Zeal causes the righteous to take a holy stand. Thing. zeal causes the righteous to take a holy stand okay. the word holy isn't a bad word we hear it so seldom anymore what do we hear about wealth transfer uh, prosperity get yours I got mine You know, holiness is, is the foundation of all of that he gets nothing without being in right standing with God it means to take a holy stand and eliminate sin. Keep yourself from it. Amen. Keep you it from you and you from it. And so God wants us to understand that zeal has to do with keeping us set apart, holy, sanctified unto him. Apart from the world. Not influenced by the world. Not compromising with the world. Not having that mindset that when worldly ideas come across cross we kind of consider and fall heads. you have to have a, a fervent mind for the things of God you have to have a ready mind for the things of God and this is not religion folks so much we get thrown back at us when we start talking about holiness zeal and all and people throw back religion that's religion everything's religious to some people because they like compromise you know, certain, certain levels of Christianity, they like compromise or they like an easy way into the things of God. But I'm telling you, this has been paid for with the precious blood of the Lamb. That's what makes it of high value. And that's what you have to keep in mind. That What did this cost Jesus to secure this for me? What did it cost him? Really, and you have to appreciate that. You have to respect that. You have to hold that in high esteem. And so, people who are of a zealous mind or of a fervent mind always keep in mind all of the things related to their position here on earth. How did you get here? How did you How did you find the Lord? How did you become aware of the things of God? It was through a miracle, and so all of that has to be held in high esteem for us held in high value when it's held in high value then you'll have the right fervor in your mind about these things and so if you have the right fervor then you'll be able to accept the zeal of the lord when when god moves on you to do different things you'll be zealous for them and zeal is a good thing so in numbers 25 we see a situation here where (coughs) the zeal of the lord is demonstrated Through executing the Old Testament law. Numbers 25. In verse 1. And Israel abode in Shittim. And the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. Now the daughters of Moab you know were... uh, um, Lot, I remember Lot and his two daughters and they got uh, escaped to the mountain but they were still influenced by the, the things of Sodom the city that they came from so the daughters of Lot got him drunk and, and um, produced children by him and these were the Moabites the word Moabite means inbred and yeah, it means inbred and that there are all kinds of connotations of that one of which is that there is a, a increased likelihood if you know if you marry somebody too close to your own bloodline genes that used to be recessive will start to get dominant and so many times people start to have uh, birth defects and things of that nature uh, born in their uh, In their offspring, uh, there are some other things as well and and they have to do with uh, sexual immorality was very, very prevalent among the Moabite ke- uh, people. It says and they call the people unto the sacrifices of their gods, so they just began to the children of Israel just began to go and worship with them. you know if you like somebody, you like what they like eventually. You kind of pick up their habits. You pick up their ideas. So forth and so on. And so they call the people to the sacrifices of their gods. And the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. So they have abandoned worshipping God that can be seen on so many different levels sometimes when God is not first in your life anymore you know when you're number one again and you decide you can decide what you want to do with your life or you want to decide how you want to go forth in life and all of that you're bowing down to another God you're not staying faithful to God And the Lord said to Moses, take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, That the fierce anger, I'm sorry, Israel, I'm sorry, verse 3. Israel joined himself to Baal Peor and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. So the anger of the Lord, like that of a jealous husband, was kindled against Israel now people don't have to be real smart about marriage or have been a husband or anything to understand what that's like that's a violation of a vow that you have with your wife and so As we are sons and daughters of God, that is a violation of the vow we have with God. When you accepted Jesus as your Savior, you accepted him as your Lord, as your betrothed, you are his bride, you are uh, really we are in a place of uh, courtship. Uh, And and betrothal to the Lord. And it's a testing season. The betrothal period was always a testing period. To see if the, the bride would be faithful to the bridegroom. If she would wait for him, or would she go scouting looking for another? You understand what I'm saying? And so this was a a trial period. And that's where, where we are always as believers down here on earth. We are in our trial period of waiting on the Lord and being faithful to him. No matter how long it takes for Him to come for us, you understand. It's just, you know whether you're waiting for the rapture, you think it's going to happen in your lifetime, or you're staying faithful to God and and you uh, die a natural death like all people do, and and uh, you know you go home to be with the Lord. Uh, you must be faithful throughout that whole period of time that you've been down here serving the Lord. And he says the Lord said to Moses take the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said to the judges of Israel slay every one of your men that are joined to Baal Peor. And behold one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianitish woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And when Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest saw it he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand he went after the man of Israel to the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly so the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. Now many times in, in the Bible you see uh, because they they lived a natural life. They, they had relationship with God but it was through the law. It was through the offering of sacrifices. And when God was angry he had a way back for them. There's always a way back prepared. That's the excellent good news. That the way back is all. there's always a way back to God many times people don't get this and embrace it the way that they should they don't really get the understanding of the blood covenant and what that entails that there always is a way back to God and that is through repentance and confessing of your sins it's it's But there are so many people who continue in sin, condemnation, and all that kind of stuff because they don't get it. They just don't get it. But God always has a way back. Even in the old covenant, there was a way back. Second Chronicles seven fourteen is the way back for the nation of Israel. God said, "If there's if if I shut up rain the heavens so there's no rain, the crops dry up. Blah blah blah. If my people who are called by my name, and He heals the land." Not just their land, but you can. God will heal the whole earth through righteous people. He'll bless the whole earth. Look at Abraham and all the places that he visited. He dug wells, and they got covenant. You know, built covenant with him. Uh, They wanted to be (laughs) in, in cahoots with somebody who knew God, and so that's that's the blessing that we are to the earth, folks. That's why the zeal of God is important. It's for important for us to stay. In righteousness and stay in a place with God where your faith works, your 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 prayers work, where everything works, 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 works because you have right relationship with God. You're not hiding any treasure under your tent. You understand what I'm saying? You just it, it has to be that way. It has to be. You can trust God. He loves you. You should love him back the same way. And so he says he went to and he he slew both of them. Now there are many times where the law was not carried out in Israel. We know that because their sin multiplied. They got estranged from God. And he says and he went after the man in verse 8 uh and, and so the plague was stayed from the children of Israel so God's anger was quelled when they dealt with sin to eradicate sin got me his anger is quenched do you understand what i'm saying i mean he he is angry and the the stuff that goes on in the world do you think that pleases god But he's looking for his righteous people to stand up and put a stop to it. Because we have a zeal for God. We have a zeal for righteousness and holiness. See righteousness and holiness will bring about the changes that we see need to be made in the earth. It's not going to be a political movement. It's not going to be a social movement. It's not going to be any of these movements that's going to bring about the change. It's going to be a change in the hearts. I so appreciate Bobby Jindal's. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's just so right on the money. You understand what I'm saying? Well, you know, they did the same thing when, when uh, the second, when uh, George W. Bush was running for president. He was being counseled by all of his counselors, and uh, um, they were they were fielding questions. You know how they when they had the debates, and they would have certain questions, and the the people around him knew uh, a field of questions to ask him. One who is the most important uh, character, public character or historical figure that you know and and so he said his answer would be jesus christ and they said if you say that you'll lose the nominate the nomination he said if i don't say that i'll lose my position with god you understand what i'm saying it's the same thing folks everybody who's going anywhere in god is going to have to make the same decision do i choose god first and foremost and go on with him or do I choose some lesser thing that I like or you understand what I'm saying? Do you, you know, is the zeal strong enough in my heart to carry out what God wants me to do? Do I do I feel what He feels to the degree that I want to do whatever it takes to keep my relationship with him and strengthen it? Make it stronger. Trust him more. Let go of more nonsense in my life. And, and uh, really, really understand and trust God. And so here we have uh, this uh, uh, Phineas who was a uh A priest who is in the priestly line of Aaron. He's doing his priestly duty in carrying out the will of the Lord. Verse 9. Those that died in the plague were 24,000. All those people died. We could say the same thing about abortion in this country. And all of the people, all of the children that have died because of that. I was watching some of the signs in the Right to Life March, the 42nd one they've had, 42 years of legalized abortion in this country. And uh, some of the women now are marching with signs that say I regret my abortion. Hey, there's, there's more truth coming out. There's more ministry to people who are yet to make those kinds of decisions coming forth. <clears throat> So part of that is the zeal of the Lord. See there is a zeal there to make what is wrong right. And so he says 24,000 people and the Lord spoke unto Moses saying Phineas the son of Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest have turned my wrath away from the children of Israel while he was zealous for my sake. Zealousness for God and his law. Is is what's needed to cause God's people to come back to the ways of God, come back to the laws of God, come back to the uh, righteousness before God, and letting that be what what we quest for and what we long for. Uh, come back to right standing before God. Come back to your in your individual relationship with God, making sure that that's pleasing to Him. Make sure that your life is pleasing to him. All of that has to do with the zeal of God. He said he was zealous for my sake among them. Are we zealous for God's sake? Are we zealous for the reasons to glorify him? Are we zealous for that? And he says that among them that I consume not the children of Israel in my jealousy and so he says wherefore say behold I give unto him my covenant of peace and he shall have it and his seed after him even the covenant now that's that's a high value folks you see what he's promising him just because he took a stand for God and executed judgment against sin and allowed the innocent to go free see There are innocent people involved in these situations. So God says, I'm at peace with this man and his household henceforth and forevermore. Amen. He says, even the covenant of an everlasting priesthood. Because he was zealous for his God. And made atonement for the children of Israel. Now the name of the Israelite that was slain, and even that was slain, the Midianite woman was Zimri, and all that kind of stuff. And verse 16, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, vex the Midianites and smite them. In other words, kill off all the enemy from around you. It's either you or them. You got me? Get rid of all the sin in your life. Even your little pet things you like to do. Even the stuff you think is not important that you've carried around with you for years. You understand? Get rid of that nonsense. He says, For they vex you with their wiles, wherewith they have beguiled you in the matter of Peor, and in the matter of Cosby, the daughter of the prince of Midian, their sister, etc., etc. So when God calls for us to remove... Associations. Friendships. You're trying to stay friends with people who are backslidden or turned away from God just because you think it's okay. You understand what I'm saying? When God calls on you to disconnect from that, the zeal for His law, for His word, for being right with Him, for relationship with Him should carry you to the place where you can let everything go and not compromise. Got me? you should be able to let all of this go if you really love God the zeal of God will burn in your heart so that you don't want to connect with the unclean thing you understand what I'm saying people make grave mistakes in small areas See grave mistakes in small areas you keep certain areas of your life to you and you don't want God to interfere with that you don't want him in there at all you see what I'm saying and you refuse counsel about these things and that's what happened with the children of Israel they began to be friends with these people who were serving other gods. They began to uh, embrace them, began to walk with them, all of that. And it began to be a snare to them to the point where they began to lose people. 24,000 people died because of their close association. So God says get rid of them people. They're a snare to you. As long as you're trying to be nice to them and be friends with them and live next door to them and, and watch what they do, you keep them before your eyes. And see what happens. They become a snare to you. <laughs> so this was the story of Israel's disobedience. <coughs> Excuse me. In this story Israel marries Moab and that was forbidden. Moab always caused trouble for them. They would not let them pass through their land initially. We, remember, they hired Balaam to put a curse on them. And so, when this kind of stuff happens and they're still trying to be friends with them, still trying to connect with them, still trying, still trying, still trying. So, get a clue. Uh, get a clue. So, they were forbidden to intermarry. So, when God's people are led to sin, God wants a return to holiness. He is married to us. He has claimed us for his very own. He owns us. You do not own yourself. You cannot call the shots yourself. So when this plague breaks out, the plague must be stopped. And the only way to stop it is to obey God and execute vengeance on the enemy. Execute the written judgments that God has written for that who will fight for God that's what God wants to know he always wants somebody who will stand up and fight for him turn away wickedness from his people and begin to declare the word of the Lord and so the zealous people are the ones who will always fight for God they have no to the left or to the right you can't turn their heads you can't Get them to focus on anything anything distracting that going forward for God. And that's the way God likes it. Because he's jealous for us. He wants us to have the same zeal for him that we have for us. If you claim divine protection, God wants to keep you. He wants to heal you. He wants. To, he's zealous for you. He doesn't want illness to attach itself to you. He doesn't want poverty to it. He expects the same thing from us, folks. If you really expect God to come to bat for you, you've got to be willing to come to bat for him. Sometimes we'll make half-hearted declarations about our our, our, um, desire to see change. If you desire to see change, you desire to see it in all areas. And that includes starts with us. You got me? If it starts with us, it'll permeate over into other areas of our lives. If we never get it right it'll never flow out right into other areas so we have to be totally given over to God and totally uh, sold out to God you know not just you know saying it but in word and in deed so Phineas was zealous for God when he heard the word of God he jumped up and immediately executed the word of the Lord in his anger, he avenged sin on God's behalf. He took a stand and he was able to carry it through. When that righteous anger wells up on the inside of you, you take a stand and you're able to avenge Men, disobedience on God's behalf. And so God will work through you. He will help you. He will stand with you. And He will honor your words. He'll honor your stand. A stand for righteousness is the best thing that we can ever do. I don't care what situation you're in. I don't care what, uh, who you're, you're confronting, who you're dealing with. Uh, a stand for righteousness is the best stand that you can ever make. You got me? Never back off from that stand. You know what's right. You know what God expects from people. So never back off from that stand. And so we see here a man who was willing to take a stand for God because he got the zeal for God on the inside of him. Somehow he snapped out of the stupor that most of them were in. They were tolerating the worship, worshiping the enemy. Amen. Taking more people over into it. But God always has a people who will stand for him. I don't care how bad things got here. <laughs> In the case of Noah, it was one man and his family. And so God doesn't care if it has to get down to one person again. He will do what he says he will do. He wants a holy people. And he wants people who are sold out to him. In 2 Kings chapter 10, let me see what... You that one's about. Oh, this was after, uh, yeah, this was uh, Elijah's prophecy being carried out. Praise God. Praise God for prophets who will speak against evil and speak against uh, what's going on in the world and, and that it needs to be corrected. You'll thank God for that. <clears throat> because we won't go any further than our holiness will take us, our separation unto God will take us in 2 Kings chapter 10 it says here i'll start in verse 1 Ahab had 70 sons in Samaria and Jehu wrote letters and sent to Samaria unto the rulers of Jezreel to the elders and to them that brought up Ahab's children saying now as soon as this letter comes to you seeing your master's sons are with you and there are with you chariots and horses, a fenced city also, and armor. Look even out, uh, look even out, the best and meetest of your master's son. Set him on his father's throne and fight for your master's house. But they were exceedingly afraid and said, "Behold, two kings stood not before him. How then shall we stand?" And he that was over the house and he that was over the city. The elders also and the bringers up of the children sent to Jehu saying we are your servants and we will do all that you shall bid us. We will not make any king do that which which is good in your eyes. Then he wrote a letter the second time to them saying if you are mine and if you will hearken to my voice take you the heads of the men of your master's son and come to me in Jezreel by tomorrow this time. Now the king's sons being 70 persons were with the great men of the city which brought them up. And it came to pass when the letter came to them, they took the king's son and slew 70 persons, put their heads in baskets and sent them to Jezreel. And there came a messenger and told him saying, they have brought the heads of the king's son and said, lay you them in two heaps at the entering end of the gate until morning. And it came to pass in the morning that he went out and stood and said to all the people, you are righteous. Behold, I conspired against my master and slew him. But who slew these? Know now that there shall fall unto the earth nothing of the word of the Lord which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab man so when when uh, this is why Jezebel chased Elijah and he ran ahead of the chariot he was so scared of her you know but he began to prophesy the judgment that was going to come on Ahab's house and all his descendants and God said there would not be one male left of all of those children and God meant that and so Jehu was the one who was raised up to execute this judgment some people know their call some people know they're called to warfare. Some people know that they're called to take a stand against the darkness and a stand against the enemy. That's why they, some people have such a low tolerance for compromise. You know, they just can't stand it. And so they, when they know that they're called to take a righteous stand and to stand with God in all things, then they must do that until this is carried out. And so he says, uh, uh, "Know there, verse ten. Know now that there shall fall, shall fall unto the earth nothing of the word of the Lord. Not we are not going to compromise on this word. We're going to carry out the word of the Lord, which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord has done that which He spoke by His servant Elijah. So Jehu slew all that remained of the house of Ahab and Jezreel, and all his great men and his kinfolk and his priests until." He left none remaining left none remaining and he arose and departed and came to Samaria and as he was at the shearing house in the way Jehu met with the brethren of Isaiah king of Judah and said who are you? And they were, and they answered, we are the brethren of Ahaziah, and we go down to salute the children of the king and the children of the queen. And he said, take them alive. And they took them alive and slew them. I mean, the the ones God put his finger on and their friends. <laughs> get, all of them, get the whole gang. <laughs> you got me? And you don't want to be friends with the enemy. You got know I me. Mean? You you stay set apart to, with God's people. You know who you are. You know where you belong. You don't belong in the land of compromise. And so he says, and he it, he slew them. Neither left he any of them. Verse fifteen. And he, when he was departed thence, he lighted on Jehonadab the son of Rahab, coming to meet him. And he saluted him and said to him, Is your heart right? Is <laughs> my as my heart is with with your heart and Jehonadab answered it is if it be give me your hand he gave him his hand and he took him up into his chariot and he said come with me and see my zeal for the Lord so they made him ride in his chariot and when he came to Samaria he slew all that remained unto Ahab and Samaria till he had destroyed him according to the saying of the Lord which he spoke to Elijah hey you see this is how God feels about sin this is how he feels about it he doesn't change how he feels about anything he wants it gone he wants it out of our lives he wants it out of the lives of the innocent he jesus came to deal with the sin problem and by shedding his blood this is how you deal with it you 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 eradicate it and you allow people who really want god to live holy and live righteous have a good life have a great life It's a good life, folks. It's a good life. See? so much compromise in the world. You know, you have to keep preaching good life. You have to keep preaching holy life. You have to keep preaching righteous life because people just don't consider it to be that important anymore. What's important is fun and and the things that we want to do and the things that we want to get blessed with and the things that we want to, you know, carry on in this life about. Uh you know, we 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 just really don't understand what God has called us to. The set apart life is a life of obedience to God and a life of, of of um contentment with the life that God gives us. You know, He has given us a life and there's a contentment that He wants us to have with that and and a joy That he wants us to have with that, like David said, "Blessed is a man whose sins are forgiven." You got me, and and, you know, it just that's just a blessed place to be, a blessed place to be, and so it's a good thing, folks. It's you know, it's it's not like we think what we think it is. Sometimes it really isn't. You see, people suffering because they're trapped, and they're trapped in a web of sin. You know, uh, uh, you know the baby mama. Situation: Nobody gets married anymore. You know that is so common. And that is so everyday. And that is so looked over as a problem. Because the devil wants us to overlook more and more and more sin. And tolerate it. And then we don't say anything. You know you don't want to teach your children and your grandchildren God's ways. Because you'll get laughed at. We've always been laughed at. You know your your job is not to be accepted. Your job is to to be accepted in the beloved of God and to stay in that place that God has called you to it's a high place it's a good place it's a place of benefit for you in every area of your life and so God wants us to appreciate that and he wants people to carry that zeal for him on the inside that that desire for the right things to come about in all situations in all situations and so it's it's good and it's good to understand how God feels about sin and how he feels about unrighteousness how he feels about compromise uh, among his people how does God feel about it doesn't matter how we feel about it what matters is how God feels about it and so he in um, let me see which one did I leave off in is it verse 17 I think I finished that one. Verse 18. Jehu gathered all the people together and said to them Ahab served Baal a little. But Jehu shall serve him much. Now therefore call to me all the prophets of Baal. All his servants and all his priests and let none be wanting. For I have a great sacrifice to do to Baal. Whosoever shall be wanting he shall not live. But Jehu did it in subtlety. Amen. To the intent that he might destroy the worshippers of Baal. When you have a zeal for God, you will use any tactic any you can use to get the job done. You got me. And Jehu said, "Proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal," and they proclaimed it. This is flushing out all the enemy. You got me. That's how you flush them out. Jehu sent through all Israel and all the worshippers of Baal came so that there was not a man left that came not. And they came unto the house of Baal and the house of Baal was full from one end to another. And he said to him that was over the vestry bring forth vestments for all the worshippers of Baal. And he brought them forth vestments. And Jehu went and Jonadab, the son of Rahab, into the house of Baal, and said to the worshippers of Baal, Baal, Search and look that there be here none of you, with you none of the servants of the Lord, but only worshippers of Baal. We want to clean it out. And when they went, and to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings, Jehu appointed fourscore men without, and said, If any of the men whom I have brought into your hands escape, he that lets him go, his life will be for that life. Right. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, that Jehu said to the guard and to the captains, Go in and kill them; let none come forth. And they killed them from the edge of the sword, and the guard and the captains cast them out and went into the city of the house of Baal, and they brought forth. The images of the house of Baal and burned them. They broke down the image of Baal and broke down the house of Baal and made it a, 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 um, an outhouse I guess that is until this day. Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel. Huh? That's what God wants. He wants to destroy sin out of his people. Period. And compromise out of his people. Period. We are to walk with God in in, in uh, holiness and, and fear of the Lord. And not fear of anything else. Because every time we compromise that brings a certain level of fear back into your life. God doesn't want you to live in fear. He wants you to live in freedom of fear. Worshipping him and putting him first in all things. And the Lord said to Jehu because you have done well in executing that which is right in my eyes. And have done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in my heart. We're doing what's in God's heart. Do you know what's in God's heart? We can always find out what's in God's heart. Amen. Do you know? People have a zeal when they when they hear news of something happening that's being tolerated. That anger and that zeal will start to get stirred up on the inside of you. Because that's God telling you where his heart is. Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God with all of his heart. He departed. And see, here's the guy that God used to execute vengeance. He's not right 100%. You got me? Just because God uses you to do things, that doesn't mean that you're all that. You got me? He uses whom he uses. But we all have things we have to deal with to get Get ourselves 100% over into the will of God. And so we carry out the word of the Lord. He wants us to do that. And this is what Jehu did in verse 10. We saw him carry out the word of the Lord. He killed all of Ahab's children or had them killed. He killed the sympathizers with them he made sure others knew that he was uh, uh, carrying out the word of the Lord he began to declare that he was for God this is very important you know Uh, in glorifying God and putting him first we have to let everybody know whose we are and who we serve not be ashamed and not compromise I don't care how much they don't like it it's not your word and it's not your gospel so we have to make sure that we declare the word of the Lord in all opportunities whereas smoke out even the secret Baal worshippers that's what he did wanted to root everything out that was not of God and wasn't right with God so the zealous root out sin by any means necessary you got me is beat it to death most of the time (laughs) restore the blessing to Israel that's what you want you want restoration of all good things we want restoration in this nation uh, for people to be able to worship without fear to be able to send your children to school to a school that teaches them academics not sexual orientation and and, you know all this social uh, adaptation that they're, they're doing they're trying to bend the minds and the wills of our young people so that they will obey their God you know not the true and living God now all it takes is one or two people to stand up with that zeal it's the pure fire of god the the desire to see right things happen when it when that zeal is right in a person it does the job it gets the job done there's so many people out there speaking who aren't getting the job done because they don't have that in them they 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 have some word in them but they're willing to compromise at the drop of a hat and so those people will not be heard they will not be able to carry out what god wants them to carry out but if you have that zeal for god and you don't ever lose that fire. You don't ever let it be dampened to put out. God will use you to do these kinds of things. <clears throat> He smoked out even the secret Baal worshipers who was zealous uh, to root out sin by any means necessary. He began to restore the blessing to Israel. That's what you want. You want to restore freedom of worship. You want to restore freedom to raise your children the way you want to raise them. Nobody can tell you that you're using hate speech if you tell your children that homosexuality is sin. Or if you tell them you don't want them engaging in it. You have a right to tell your children what you believe is right for them you're a parent you you have that right and so many times those things get taken away from us because we lose that edge we lose that zeal we lose the fire for god in psalm 69 and verse 9 For the zeal of your house has eaten me up. And we've seen that before. Who who do we know quoted that or said it the second time? I won't say quoted it, but that was. That was Jesus, yeah, when he cleansed the temple. For the zeal of your house has eaten me up. Amen. That's what it's like. It's a fire shut up in your bones. It's tearing at you. It's gnawing at you. It's eating you up. And the reproaches of them that reproach me are falling upon me. So people are not going to like it when you take a stand for God. They're not going to like that. They're, they're going to uh, want to be your reproach and a laughing stock among people. Zeal eats us up. God wants to dwell with his people. And he wants us to receive our inheritance. And he wants us to be at peace. And so our goal is to be at peace at all times. You see that if you go back to... Second Kings ten and verse thirty seven. You see, peace restored again. Peace meaning that God is not at war with them anymore. He's not. Uh, his his anger is being uh, um, appeased, and so He is removing um, the the judgment from His people. Second Kings ten. Hang on, let me find that again. Second Kings ten. What I say, verse? 37. Thank you, Mr. Gary. Kings 10. couldn't be 37. Let me see. It must have been numbers. Nope. 36? (laughs) No. Yeah, I said it ends there. I probably put that down there for another reason. So the goal, though, of God, when he carries out, execution the written judgments is to bring peace back into the land again bring bring a, a, a you know god's not pleased when his people are disturbed because the enemy has free reign it's, it's he's not pleased with that he causes us to dwell in peace it is his goal for us to dwell in peace psalm 119 139 Bless you. Says my zeal has consumed me because my enemy has has forgotten your words. So when we see people just living how they want to live, that that anger of God and that zeal for God will stir up on the inside of us. Just looking at what you see people doing all the time, we should never just give up and be resigned to it. You know and put the fire out. You're to keep the fire going. And you're to keep it stirred up. God I'm praying against this. I'm taking a stand here. I'm, I'm making sure that your word is declared. Uh, in the heavens. And, and here on earth. So that you can come for your word. And we'll have something to. to um, uh, you know. We'll, you'll have something to work with. So that your people can again be in peace. And we can achieve. What you your plan is in this earth God's plan is for people to be able to live free of oppression and live free of the bondage of sin of the bondage of sickness of the bondage of the devil and so that is God's goal for everybody in the whole earth to be free to choose him in uh, Isaiah chapter 9 Verse 6 for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given the government shall be on his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from him henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And so the fire of the Lord of armies, all armies will perform. What Jesus was sent to this earth to do. And so that zeal of the Lord is something that God instills in His people so that we can carry out what God wants us to do in this earth. Acts 22 and verse 3. No, John two seventeen. We'll we'll go there first because I want to show you uh, this Isaiah nine seven prophecy being fulfilled, and Jesus repeating which what was said in Psalm sixty nine nine. Let me say John two. Sorry about that. Uh-uh. John 2 17, uh, verse 13. And the Jews Passover was at hand. This was a holy solemn assembly of God's people. And um, it, at the Jews Passover was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting and we all know why that wasn't allowed in God's house it was illegal it was immoral and here we're having a solemn assembly of God's people and it's just not right what they were doing was charging interest to change money you know you're oh this is Jerusalem money uh you know like they do across the border you go to Canada what's the exchange rate and all that kind of stuff well they take a little extra from the people oh you're not from jerusalem you're you know from what whatever samaria whatever wherever you came from oh we can take your money and change it to jerusalem money but we got to charge you a little bit on that same thing for in selling selling oxen and sheep for sacrifices if you brought your own somehow that was never when the priest inspected it oh blemish we got one over here for you know I'm the same. And so he says when he had made a scourge of small cords, <laughs> he whipped them. <laughs> I think he was really trying to get the animals out. <laughs> they got animals in the temple, and you know whatever's going to bring money, that's what they bring in. And he says in the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. And he said to them that sold doves, take these things out of here. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Well the zeal of the Lord just got to the boiling point in Jesus. And he had to go and eliminate the source of sin in the house of God. This, this covetousness for money and this usury and this breaking of God's law right in his temple. And he didn't put up with it disciples remembered it was written the zeal of thine house has eaten me up he just had enough and he had to straighten things out why? because it should not be allowed in the house of God it should not be allowed then answered the Jews and said to him what sign do you show us seeing that you do these things you know it is always something irrelevant immaterial and just not on the money with the religious people Jesus answers him, "Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up." They were even more confused than they were before, and so Jesus carries out the will of the Father. God says, "If my, if I've called a holy a holy day." It is a day of rejoicing. It's a day of gladness. You're not supposed to be stealing from people and taking from them. I Remember in the days of Nehemiah when the temple was dedicated again? What did they do? They Everybody brought sacrifices. They took portions to people. Everybody got a portion of meat to take to their home. It was a day when they gave generously to one another. Not a day when they took from one another. And so God had enough of it. And he said forget it. You know, just get this stuff out of here. I'm not going to visit this place if this stuff is left in here. And that's what we want to do. We want to set ourselves apart to receive what God has for us. We don't want to miss it because we're hanging on to nonsense that we hold dear instead of hanging on to God. So, in Acts 22, verse 3, we see... another example but a different, different type of example the same zeal that Jehu had was a zeal for the law of God and you'll see here in the Apostle Paul it was he had two but it was time out for that got me next 22 hope I got the right example verse 3 hmm mm-hmm you <laughs> Mm-hmm. it says I am truly a man which am a Jew born in Tarsus a city of Cilicia yet brought up in the city the city at the feet of Gamaliel and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers and this was right during his time and was zealous toward God as you all are this day and I persecuted to death those who were in the way or the ones who were Christians so Paul's zeal for the law carried over into the time of Christ And that's what made it wrong for him. So there are many people who have a religious zeal. That God is not honoring. God is not behind that. We have a zeal within us for righteousness and holiness. But how do we carry out uh, uh, the zeal of God in this New Testament life. In this life that we're in now. And so in Titus 2. I think we have a better example there. Now, a teaser together. Titus. Chapter 2 and verse 14. Uh, Looking at verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself the a peculiar people zealous of good works you got me a peculiar people he has secured us to himself he's purchased us out of the power of darkness redeemed us unto himself and we are zealous of good works what, what's good works preaching the gospel and all of the things that follow out from that the lifestyle of obedience toward God the other part of that too is that when we're zealous for good works in this dispensation we are to execute written judgments against the devil. We are to make known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. And that is how the zeal of the Lord is demonstrated for the most part in this day and age. It's through our prayers. It's through our lifestyle. It's through a walking as a holy people a peculiar people not Not a worldly people and not people that blend in and not being everyday people. But peculiar people who are totally sold out to the will of God. Totally sold out to the plan of God for your life. Totally sold out to the things that God desires for us. And so as the zeal of the Lord returns, we're going to see people. That have this desire to make sure that God is pleased with every single area of our lives. Make sure that we're partnering with God the right way. Putting Him first in all things. Letting Him decide everything about your life. Where you go, what you do, how you spend your time, how you spend your money, all of these things, you know, not being uh, so careless and slipshod about things because we've always done them that way there is there's a new day in a new way he's calling us out a peculiar people holy unto himself zealous for good works amen praise god father we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to understand and know preparation to receive you and to receive everything you have for us In this way. And we thank you Lord. We bless you. We praise you. And we honor you. In Jesus name. Amen. And praise God. Amen. 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 If anybody needs.